Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast. Today is a Q&A episode and I have three questions I want to dive into. But first, before I go over into those, I want to go over a few ways you can help support the podcast. If you're somebody who's just focused on weight loss in the past and haven't seen the results you want, then a body recomp may be something that you need. And if that's the case, then my one-on-one online coaching program is for you. I help you lose body fat and build muscle with my body recomp training, nutrition, and lifestyle methods. We look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your specific needs. There's also at least one to two bottlenecks outside of the training protocol that we figure that are keeping you from seeing the results you want to see. And this typically holds people back more than they think there with that. And usually it's outside of like your calories and macros. It's usually the mindset around it, again, your lifestyle, things like that. So if you are interested in this, you can click on the link in the show notes, or you can reach out to me on Instagram and we can chat about this in more detail. If you aren't interested in full coaching, I do one-on-one consultations where we troubleshoot any issues you have and or map out a game plan for the next couple months. If you aren't sure what a body recomp is, but you'd like to learn more, then I have my free masterclass on body recomp, what it is, how to do it. And you can find the link to that in the show notes. And again, it's completely free and you will get that sent over via email. Next, if you haven't yet, give me a follow on Instagram, Jeff, H-O-E-H-N underscore. That's where I'm most active on social media. You can reach out to me with any questions you have there with that. And then lastly, if you found this podcast to be helpful in any way, if you could leave a rating and review and that will help more people find this podcast. With that out of the way, let's dive into today's topic. I also have my podcast buddy, Dale, our puppy here in in the office with me today. I don't think he's going to make any noise or anything like that, but you never know with a four month old puppy, what they're going to do or what their next move is. They just go second by second uh, in terms of how they feel. Yeah, let's go into the question. So my first question I had today was differences between training for strength and training for muscle growth. And I really liked this question because this is something that I think a lot of times people get confused with. And there is, let me first state, there is a ton of overlap here in terms of what to do and what we'll talk about what that looks like. However, as you start to kind of want to focus more on one or the other, I do think things do start to diverge at a certain point, right? And you do need to figure out, hey, what's more important to me? And so again, there, there is some overlap, right? So what's the overlap? In order to gain either of them, you need to perform some type of resistance training, right? So in that case, it's if you start lifting, you're going to get stronger, you're likely going to build some muscle, right? And again, you need to make sure you lift in order to develop both of those things, right? So there's some overlap from that standpoint. You may use the same modalities, right? You may use barbells, you may use machines, you may use dumbbells in, in both of those. So again, there there's some overlap there with that. And if you're getting stronger, you're lifting more weight, you're likely going to be building some muscle. And if you're building more muscle, you're likely going to be get to be getting stronger in the process as well. However, there does come a point to where you do need to get more specific, right? And where things do start to diverge a little bit there with that. And I kind of want to spend the rest of the time talking about that. But I think the first thing to note is that there is a ton of overlap and you don't necessarily need to get 
super hyper-focused unless say you're training, you, you train mostly in the one to five rep range and you'd like to build more muscle than you currently have and it's not working, well, then you probably want to start to focus a little bit more on hypertrophy style training. Maybe you're somebody who you lift a lot in like the eight to 12 rep range, but you would like to be stronger in the one to five rep range. At some point, yes, you're going to get, you're going to have more muscle and by training in the eight to 12 rep range, but at some point you'll likely want to be a little bit more specific with training in that one to five rep range if you want to improve that specifically. So there's that. So let's talk about the differences. So I think strength is more of a skill. And so what that means is it's not, you can be very strong and not necessarily be like the biggest person in the world either, because there is a very, there, there's a skill component to it. And what I mean by that is if you're only training in the eight to 12 rep range, like for a lift, and then you try to the next day go and try to do something in the one to three rep range, you're probably going to struggle and you're not going to be able to express your true strength at that point, because you do need to practice that skill of lifting in that rep range. So it is a skill and you need to, it, it takes some time to develop. And if you have taken time away from like the one to five rep range and you come back, like you are going to have to give it some time to, to build that skill back up there with that. And I'll talk about how else it, it's skill related. You probably also want to make sure you're not overly fatigued overall. Strength is something that is shown when you aren't in a in high fatigue state. If you do have a lot of kind of residual fatigue going on, you've been training a lot, high training volumes, it is going to mask some of your true strength. And so this is where you can start to see if you're somebody who just randomly does a one rep max to see where you're at, you're likely not going to be able to actually see what your one rep max is. Because if you're training in the five to 12 rep range, you're training pretty high training volumes, you haven't really practiced the one rep max, you're not going to really be able to express that strength there with that. And then also you do need to train specific movements with this. Like if let's say you train the leg press and then, but you want to get stronger at the squat, there is going to be some carryover to the squats in terms of that strength. However, if you really want to get stronger at the squat, you need to practice that specific movement. When that comes back to the skill component, there's going to be some carryover because you're just using generally the same muscles there on that. But again, if let's say you're getting ready to try to hit a one rep max and you're like, I'm just going to leg press. I'm just going to get my quad strong. Again, you're going to struggle because there's that skill component to it. You need to make sure you practice specific movements there with that. So that's another aspect there with it. And again, to really build strength, you probably want to be in those whatever rep range you want to get stronger and you need to train that rep range. So if you do want to see your just overall max strength improve, you probably need to spend some more time closer to that one to five rep range there with that. So again, we want to be in those lower rep ranges, which would mean that you're lifting with heavier weights. So you want to make sure that you are training with heavier weights in that process. You also probably don't want to go to failure often when training for strength. So if you're training in that one to three rep range, you likely don't want to sit there and go to your absolute failure every single time. And the good news is you don't have to, you can stay, you can keep a couple reps in the tank. So long as that weight is moderately heavy in that one to three rep range. Now, if you do a set of three and it's, Hey, that was like a five RPE. Okay. That's probably not going to be super conducive to building more strength at a certain point. You probably need to get closer to six to seven, eight RPE, but you don't need to go to 10 RPE where you're just like grinding that weight up every single time. That's probably going to be very fatiguing. And again, it's just something that you don't necessarily have to do there with that. So we can stay a little bit further away from failure when we are strength training. So just to sum it up, strength is more of a skill. It's going to go down under high fatigue conditions. And when you don't practice that specific rep range that you're trying to be in, we also need to train specific movements because of the skill component. If you really want to build max strength, you probably need to train in those lower rep ranges. Think like one to five, one to six. 
and you probably don't want to go to failure often, and you don't have to continue to build your strength there with that. So now on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have muscle growth. And so with muscle growth, there's a lot more variety in terms of what we can do. Muscle growth is this weird thing because it's more of an outcome versus like a specific skill or thing that you're trying to develop there with that. And so with muscle growth, it's again, we can just be a lot more because it's not like a specific thing where it's more of an outcome we're chasing. We're able to be a little bit more, we can have a little bit more variety and be flexible with what we actually do. So just a few things. One, the rep range. Really, you can build muscle anywhere from three to 30 reps. Now, as we zoom in, there's going to be some downsides to certain rep ranges. Again, if you're spending time in that one to five rep range, it's, yeah, you're going to be getting stronger and you can definitely build muscle in that rep range. The volume you need to probably get in is going to be relatively high and you're probably going to feel super beat up when you start to do high amounts of volume and that like one to five rep range there with that. Brad Schoenfeld found in one of his studies that don't quote me on the exact setup. I think it was like seven sets of three and then three by 10 there with that. I think that was how they did it, right? So they did seven sets of three and then they did three sets of 10 in the group and the three by 10 grew just as much muscle as the, in the group that did seven by three. However, the group that did seven by three, they were a lot more fatigued and they just felt like they were super beat up. So just showing that obviously that's going to take a lot longer to train that way. And they just felt more beat up at the end of the study, which again shows that like that wouldn't be something that you would be able to sustain for extended periods of time. That kind of rules out, hey, training a lot in that one to five or one to three-ish rep range there. So again, we have five to 30 reps. Now you go over 15 reps and now you have to really get close to failure. That training kind of sucks and it's easy to stay far away from failure in that type of training. And that's just a pretty high volume approach there. And so you can see where maybe that 15 plus rep range isn't great. So we get narrowed down into this five to 15 rep range, but again, it's still a little bit more, there's a little bit more variety in that than there would be when we're talking about strength. So again, I think that kind of sweet spot is five to 15. Now, like we said, this doesn't mean you're not going to build any muscle, one rep, two reps, three reps, four reps. It's just not going to be the most effective way to to get there. And then same thing with 20, 15 to 20 plus rep range there on that. You can do it, but again, it might not be the most, it's, it's probably where you don't want to spend most of your time there with that. We can also use many different exercises. So to go back to the strength aspect of it, it's, Hey, if you want to get stronger and say the squat, like you obviously need to train the squat. If you want to build muscle in your quads, we have a wide variety of exercises that can do that. You can be a little bit more, there's just more variety. You don't have to be, you don't have to be like, oh, hey, you have to do back squats to build muscle in your quads. You can do leg press, you do hack squat, leg extension, lunges. So there's just a lot of different things that you can play around with and exercises there with that. And it's probably for, from a muscle building standpoint, it's probably better to have some variety in there. For example, for if you want to really maximize your quads, you probably don't just want to do back squat. You probably want to do a back squat with a leg extension and a lunge, or you could do back squat, leg press, and leg extension. You want to have this variety. But again, if you're trying to just build strength in one thing, it's we know that things like leg press, leg extension may have some carryover, but you need to specifically train that exercise on there with that because of the skill component. Also with building muscle, we want to probably spend more time closer to failure. So I talked about with strength training, it's probably better to leave a couple reps in the tank and to not really train at that 10 RPE, zero RIR um, often. Whereas building muscle, we probably want to... We probably want to get closer to failure. This doesn't mean you need to get to absolute failure every single time you train, but generally speaking, you want to be closer to failure than further from it more often than not when it comes to building muscle there with that. And then volume. Again, same thing here. I think volume has a little bit more of a impact on building muscle than it does strength. Again, you obviously, if you just do one set for strength, you know, you're probably not going to maximize strength there with that. You probably need to do a couple sets, but with building muscle, there's probably a little bit more of carryover and like a direct impact on building muscle with volume. Now, obviously these other things need to be there, but again, you do need to make sure that you are training enough 
to build muscle there with that. So those are the main differences between hypertrophy and strength and how you would go about it. Like I said, there is a ton of carryover, but it is going to diverge here a little bit. And I think I kind of want to end this. I, there's still one more thing that I want to go over with this. Just because you're stronger, it doesn't mean you've built more muscle. And so I made a post a while back about increasing strength does not automatically equal muscle growth. I think a lot of times people assume that if they're stronger, they're going to be building muscle. And so while it's a great sign, but it's not everything. So I just want to go over a few reasons why. So first, the strength component, right? So like I said, strength is going to have that massive skill component to it. So we don't know that, again, you may just be better at, like initially when you do a new exercise, you get stronger at it, you're able to add weight relatively quickly. Again, that's your body learning how to do it. It's not that you're building more muscle. It's just your body's learning how to do it. And it's getting that skill component nailed down. Number two, how you execute the lift is super important. So an exercise is only effective if you place tension on the target muscle. With strength, we are just trying to get the weight from point A to point B. And it doesn't really necessarily matter how you get it there. You just need to get it there. Whereas like for muscle growth, you want to make sure that you're, again, we don't want to, I don't want to say that Technique doesn't matter. And for strength, it certainly does. But you want to make sure you're placing tension on the muscle to build muscle there with that. So like, for example, if you're missing out on the length of position or have no control of the weight, it's likely not going to be great for building muscle. So while on paper, your numbers may be going up, but if your muscles don't get the tension they need, they're not going to grow there with that. Number three, lifting sends a signal to build muscle, but everything else you do impacts if and how much muscle growth there will be. So while you do need to make sure you need a lift to build muscle, if your nutrition, it's the nutrition and recovery processes that actually allow your body to build and repair muscle tissue. Without these, your body can't fully capitalize on the growth signal sent during a workout. So you could be getting stronger, but if you don't sleep well, don't eat in a way that helps with muscle growth and don't allow for the proper rest and recovery, you may not build more muscle as you think, even though your numbers are going up. And so another one is exercise selection and range. Also paying attention to strength increases for muscle growth should be exercise dependent and rep range dependent. So increasing strength in like the eight to 12 rep range on leg extensions. So like a single joint exercise is a better predictor of muscle growth than increasing your one rep max on your squat, which is a multi-joint exercise on there with that. So again, just because you're getting stronger doesn't mean that you are building muscle. It's a good sign but it's just one piece and we need to make sure that all those other things are in check. Pretty interesting topic there. Hopefully that gives you a better idea of how there's a lot of overlap, but it also there's it also differs. And again, we need to make sure we're training specific to what we're doing. I think a big mistake I see made is somebody's training in that one to five rep range. They want to get as strong as they can. And they think that they're automatically going to build muscle. And that's probably not the most productive way to do that. Now, you can certainly combine these. You call it a power building program, whatever you want to call it, where you do some work in the one to five rep range, understanding that, hey, that's probably not the most productive way to build muscle, but you're getting, you're working on that max strength. And then you spend the rest of your time, you know, training more hypertrophy style. And a lot of people point this like power building. So that's certainly a way to do it as well too there. And again, you don't necessarily have to choose one or the other. You can combine them, but just understand that that's time that you could be spending doing the other one or vice versa. We just kind of have to consider the, the trade-offs there with that. All right. So let's go to the next question here. All right. So it's, I did January, count up macros, lift it five days a week, lost two pounds in 30 days. WTF. Uh, part two, I'm a seasoned lifter, experienced macro counter, 42. Could it be hormones? So I think first, yes, it hundred percent could be your hormones for sure. There with that, right? At, around that age that some of these things could be starting to impact it, right? However, I would look first at your like lifestyle and stuff like that before we blame hormones. I think a lot of times people don't have the lifestyle factors in check before they think, oh, it's my hormones. Maybe the hormones are out of whack, but again, it's usually all sleeps off. Diet quality is not very great. Their overall stress levels are high, which is impacting that, right? Whether that be from the fact that you're trying to fat loss diet, exercising a ton, it could be that, or you just have a lot of stress overall in your life. So again, stress doesn't fall 
It's not just like perceived stress of, oh, hey, today sucked. I was stressful. It's also, hey, what's the kind of stress that you're putting on your body? And again, a lot of people forget that being in like a low energy state can impact your hormones as well too. So again, something to look at there with that. So there are a few things that I would look at here with this. So again, you lost only two pounds in that period of time. Did you lose any weight prior to this recently? So it could be a thing where Hey, you went into November and December and you lost five to 10% of your body weight. So again, once you start to lose more weight, it's going to be tougher to continue to drop more and more weight. So that'd be the first thing I would look at and ask that I would follow up with this. I would want to know if you were in a fat loss phase recently, how much weight did you lose? Or did you just start your fat loss phase? Because again, those would be two different things. Again, if you're someone who had already lost some weight, you've been trying to fat loss diet for the three or four months before this, that's going to be a different response and someone who just started and they only lost a little bit of weight initially. The person who just started, again, we were going to double check on these other things. The person that already had lost five to 10% of your body weight, it just is a sign that, hey, you might need to take a break from fat loss for a period of time. My next big one here is, are you tracking average weight for the week? Or are you just going off of single weigh-ins? And this was something I did follow up with this specific person. And they told me that they were just taking, they weighed in at the beginning of the month and they weighed in at the end of the month. And that was the only time. And so I think that's a big mistake because if you're if we're going off of just single weigh-ins, there's a lot of noise from a water weight fluctuation standpoint that could be causing some issues there. I've seen this many times where, especially in women in particular, because of the menstrual cycle, their water weight fluctuations will be a little bit more all over the place, I guess is a good word to say there with that. So if you look at those two weigh-ins, yeah, you only lost two pounds. But if we look at our average weight for the week, it's like it did trend down week over week, one to two pounds, like one pound per week, that's four pounds. But then when you look at a single point of, hey, I weighed in on a Tuesday and then I weighed in 30 days later on a Wednesday, you're, it only may be, it might only be two pounds. But again, if we were to average it out, maybe trending down. We need to make sure that we're looking at these trends over time and not just one single weigh-in. Otherwise, because I think this, this specific person told me me, they were like, yeah, the scale kind of messes with my head. And I understand that. But when you zoom out and only do it like that, it can mess with your head even more for this specific reason. Whereas if you take it consistently, you can understand these kind of fluctuations that happen from day to day there with that. Next, I would look at adherence. Was it above 90% for the entire month? If it wasn't, that's probably more of your issue versus anything else that's going on, whether it be your hormones. A lot of times when you really are honest with yourself, it's like, yeah, I probably was closer to 70% adherent when I think about it. Again, that's your issue there with that. So you'd want to look at that before thinking at your hormones. Could there be some underreporting? Even dietitians have been shown to be off by around 200 cal- calories or so. And in some of these studies where people are, they think they're weight loss resistant, they're thinking they're eating 1200 calories. They look via doubly labeled water and they end up eating, they're eating 2400 calories. So almost like double what they think. So again, underreporting could happen on accident where you just, you purposely don't report certain foods. Again, we're more likely to underreport tasty foods, things that are more calorie dense, but it could also be on accident. Whatever they say is in the amount of calories, it can be off by up to 20% plus or minus. So we have that to deal with. And then if you go out to eat, again, it may say it's 500 calories, but it may be way more than that. So again, it could be on purpose or it could be on accident there with that. And again, there's a lot of potential discrepancies with, in terms of tracking. That could be something that's going on there. And more times than not, people are going to underreport um, their calories. Again, when you go out to eat, that's going to be a big source there of probably underreporting calories with that. Next are your calories macros in a spot where you will drop body fat. Do you need to potentially just make an adjustment? That could be a big thing where maybe if you used a macro calculator online or a resting metabolic or RMR calculator, and it gave you, it spit out numbers. Hey, here's your maintenance. Here's your deficit. And you just followed those and you didn't ever make a change. Those numbers could be off a little bit. It's very individual to the person in terms of how many calories they are going to need to 
be in a deficit. This is going to depend on your genetics. It's going to depend on dieting history, your hormonal profile. It's going to depend on how much weight you've lost recently. And there's a lot of things that that go into that that we need to consider there. And again, how did you come up with your macros and calorie goals? So that kind of goes hand in hand with that. Are you basing it off of what you think or is this actually, okay, you've tested this, trialed and aired it, and this is where you ended up? Because again, a lot of times people just accidentally have more, they end up having their calories higher than it needs to be because this is what the macro calculator said online. Next, another big one is, are you tracking more than just scale weight to measure fat loss progress? This is another big mistake I see people make is they get overly fixated on just the scale and it's like, hey, I've only dropped two pounds, but then you look at them and it's like, okay, you're definitely leaner. Your measurements have gone down in your midsection. Your progress pictures look better. You're recopping, right? Like you're dropping body fat in this process. Make sure you're tracking more than just scale weight there with that. Another big thing to look at are your training methods. While you're, while this person claimed they were a seasoned lifter and they probably been training for a while and they probably have good knowledge around it. Sometimes improving execution and getting on a better program can lead to muscle growth, even if you have been lifting for some time. So this is another kind of thing here where people are like, oh, I've been training for a while. So there's no way I can recomp because I've been training for a while. You look into their training methods and they weren't very good. They were not training specific to building muscle. They were doing a lot of cardiovascular type training. Again, that wasn't geared towards building muscle. Maybe they were doing weight training, but they weren't taking the target muscle close failure. They weren't doing enough volume. The exercise selection was off, but you get them on a good program geared towards building muscle, improving their execution. And it's, yeah, you've been training for five years, but you're from like a standpoint of hypertrophy style training, you're, it's only been your newbie still. And so you can see muscle growth in that process. Again, double checking that and seeing where you're at there with that. And again, this may mask some of the weight loss from a scale perspective. So this goes back to looking at things besides just the scale weight there with that. Hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully that gave you some insight. If you're somebody like this, that you did all these things and you only lost two pounds, hopefully this gives you some idea in terms of what to potentially look into and why your scale weight may not be down as you would like it to be there with that. But here's another good one. And this is going to sum up everything here for today. And I think they all tie in together. So my performance is going up in a deficit. Is this muscle gain? And potentially, yes, it hundred percent could be muscle gain. Like I said, I think a lot of people think that there's just whether they've heard this on the internet or maybe in the past, they've done a fat loss phase and they, again, maybe didn't train the right way or whatever it may be. And they automatically think, oh, if I'm in a deficit, I'm going to not build any muscle, right? Performance is just going to go down the drain. And that's not always the case, depending on how much muscle you currently have. So again, if you don't have like massive amounts of muscle, you're in a good spot to still build muscle while in a deficit, your training method. So like I just talked about, again, maybe you've trained for a while, but your methods aren't off. Your programming's bad. Your exercise selection sucks. Your training intensity is not there or where we need it to be to build muscle. Again, you have some wiggle room to build more muscle in a deficit like we talked about. And your body fat levels also play a role, right? So if you have higher levels of body fat, you're not like sub 15 to 20% is a female, 8 to 10% is a male. You likely... And then these other things that I just talked about, again, you have a, those other things I talked about are off. Like you still have some room here to build a good amount of muscle in a deficit. So hundred percent, you could be, if your performance is going up, that could be a good sign that you are building muscle in a deficit. However, you do need to check your execution and making sure you aren't quote unquote cheating to get more weight and reps. So a lot of times people will see again, like I initially talked about, just because they're like numbers are going up, they think that they're building muscle, but what's that execution? Are you still executing that movement in a way that's placing tension on the target muscle or now are you cheating a little bit to get more weight and reps? Because again, if you're doing that, well, you're likely not building muscle, even though your numbers are going up there with that. We want to make sure that execution is still there. And again, I do this with clients who are getting form videos and giving them feedback and seeing what that looks like. Also, another thing, if some of the exercises are new, then it could be your body learning and getting better at the exercise rather than actual muscle gain. So to go back to what we talked about initially, strength is a skill. So 
<clears throat> if you just got some new exercises in and you haven't done them for a while and they're going up relatively quickly, could it be muscle? Maybe a little bit, but also your body's learning how to do that movement. And so your the skill aspect of it's improving and that's why that weight's going up quicker than it normally would in that process. So that's something that could be going on. So to sum up this question, I think it's a good sign if your performance is going up in a deficit and you totally can build muscle. Again, Get rid of any preconceived notion you have that you can't build muscle in a deficit. You totally can, especially if those if you match up with those conditions that I talked about. However, you need to look at your execution of the movement. Make sure that's staying consistent and it's you're performing that exercise in a way that's conducive to muscle growth and not just getting more weight or reps. And then again, part of it could be that you are just learning the movement and your body's getting better at it there with that. Maybe give it a little bit more time there. But again, the big takeaway, you can build muscle in a deficit so long as things line up correctly there. So that's it for this episode. We dove a lot into strength and muscle growth and the kind of differences there and some things that could be going on from a physiological standpoint with that. So hopefully this was helpful. I will chat with you guys next time. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at jeffh91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.